0: Jeff, Jeff, Jeff. Jeff, 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 Jeff. J-E-F-F Jeff. Steins, our national and presidential expert and noted author. Find his books over at Next Chapter Books, TotallyIowa.com, the Iowa Business Report, and the Iowa Politics Report. Come to us via KXEL in Cedar Falls, Waterloo, where he is joining us today. If you're watching, there he is on the video stream. Hi, Jeff.
1: So when the kids are all gone, will you and your spouse move to a downtown condo or apartment or something like that? I heard just a bit of the last segment, and I have heard from a lot of people. and It's not to the same scale as what you were just talking about. But they've tried to do similar things in downtown Des Moines, a city you're familiar with. And I hear more and more people who say, we're empty nesters. We don't need all this space. We'd like to get to uh, some uh, resurgent activity. And they buy lofts or apartments downtown.
0: And don't miss one of the biggest advantages of that. No more driveway to shovel, no more yard to, 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 to mow, you know, oh, and, and, and it does right. give you, I know a lot of people, I know a lot of people who are maybe not retired, but in their fifties who mm-hmm. have indeed sold their houses because of the, the price is right. They're moving, they're getting top dollar for their place in the suburbs and they're moving into the downtown.
1: Well, and that's that's what I'm saying. They're, they're not retired. They're no. just empty nesters. And so I didn't know if uh, that would be something. Or is your wife going to say, why don't you get one of those places, Matt? And the sooner the better. I'll now, just stay where I am.
0: I got a tent. I got a tent in the backyard. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's It's
1: really small and you have to share it with the dog. But you do have it. the okay.
0: feet are out at night. <laughs> <laughs> All right. I got I'm going to start off with Idaho. Uh, Because I think what we're doing is we're starting to get to where, and I have said this before, that with the the overturning of the Roe v. Wade decision last year, Republicans who have had these anti-abortion voters who have been incredibly loyal are terrified of them not showing up. And as a matter of fact, I think that played a bit of a role in what happened last year. So they're desperately trying to find ways to engage the culture warriors again in different ways. Idaho – uh has House Bill 242, which passes the House and Senate and the, the state House likely to move through the Senate, seeks to limit minors' ability to travel for abortion care without parental consent. consent. The legislation would create a whole new crime dubbed abortion trafficking which is defined in the bill as an adult who, who, with the intent... Now, and by the way, this should add the adult here. They didn't have that in the initial description here. Adult who, with the intent to conceal abortion from the parents or guardian of a pregnant, unemancipated minor, either uh, procures an abortion or obtains an abortion, inducing drug for said minor. So, now, part of this is okay, you're describing if a an adult that doesn't have control over a child takes a child into a different state, that's a federal crime called kidnapping, which they will be charged for. So that's irrelevant, right? But it kind of we're getting into this thing where they're 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 desperately trying to figure some way out of behind the the interstate commerce law, which basically say Washington allows sixteen year olds, to go get an abortion without parental consent that a 16 year old in Idaho who can't get an abortion goes over there. They want to find some way to prosecute them. But I'm crazy that that'd be like trying to prosecute someone who goes to Colorado and smokes a bunch of dope and then comes back to Minnesota where it's not legal and saying, well, you smoke dope over there. So we're going to charge with a crime here. You can't really do that. Can you? No. And, and the one distinction that you just
1: made, let's say that you've got the 19 year old goes to Colorado Smokes dope there. Well, that's fine. They can do it. It's legal there. Buying it there where it is legal and bringing it back to Minnesota where it is not legal. Okay, that's a crime, but that's not at all what you're talking about. And to put a rule like this in place violates the Freedom of Association Clause of the Constitution. It violates the Commerce Clause. Yeah. And the analogy I would draw would be those states in the Deep South— in the sixties that wanted to keep blacks from staying at hotels. And those laws were thrown out because people have the right to move and travel. And again, was it a little bit of a stretch of the quote commerce clause? Well, this was a financial transaction, a hotel room. Yeah. I mean, so, so when you're talking about it, and it was very astute point, if an adult, takes a child across state lines, arguably that's the federal offense of kidnapping. So you've got that part covered. But what if that 16-year-old who is pregnant drives herself across the state line and goes and gets the abortion? The state of Idaho is going to stand there at the at the county line, in essence, and, and ask for a medical test or, uh, you know, papers, please, about where you were? Uh, it's... Uh, it's, the, it's a desperate attempt to control behavior. Yes. And I, there's, you can, you want to outlaw it in your state, you can. But to tell your citizens they cannot travel, that's a big problem. Look, all they're doing with this law is trying to deter people from taking children across state lines, which, as you already noted, is illegal, mm-hmm. can be illegal, depending on the situation. They're just trying to deter people from engaging in the activity because there's no way that it is going to be found. I will say there's no way it's going to be found to be constitutional because you're limiting freedom <laughs> of movement in the country.
0: Exactly. Well, and, and and you bring up, OK, and I think the the most astute point would be, say, a state does allow 16 year olds to get an abortion without parental consent and there's a state that doesn't have it and they go Mm -hmm. over and they're, and they're considered a minor still in the state They come back. You know, I frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if someone came out and said, yes, I did. And then it puts a state like Idaho in a box where they say, do we really waste the state taxpayer dollars prosecuting a crime that did not happen in our state? So henceforth, wasn't a crime here, because uh, now I'm not saying they won't. I mean, Missouri is another state that's actually suggested putting, you know, that pregnant women cannot leave. I mean, that was, I don't know if you remember that right after the election. Yeah. There were Republicans yeah. there. They were saying we're going to make it a rule to where a pregnant woman cannot leave the state, which is insane. But that this is where they're at. And I think they are looking for a chance to basically just so they can show off and say, see, we're still fighting this. We're going to stop these other states from doing it. Even though I agree with you, there's no way on the planet, even with that Supreme Court, that they're going to say, oh, yeah, you didn't violate the interstate commerce clause. Of course they did. And so you're, you're not going to be able to, you know, it'd be like, are you going to start arresting people for using the lottery in states, you know, and then coming back to a state that doesn't have the lottery? I mean, it's it, it, it really sure. does kind of become a a an insanely stupid argument for Idaho to try to even put this forward.
1: The devil is always in the details. And it's one thing to say. If we do not have a quote-unquote national rule, law, whatever, on the topic, and I'm a big states' rights person, just generally, okay? But if you're going to say we don't have a national standard on this, you're going to have to put up with, as a state, the fact that you cannot cover every contingency. (laughs) Here's a contingency they didn't think of, right? So now it's like, oh, well, we better put a stop to this. It's fine to talk about it. It's, you know, again, in in so many of these areas where the Constitution is involved, Matt, where we say, well, we we need to pass a law. okay, let's pass one. But first, you're going to have to write it and then it's going to have to comport with the Constitution and then and then and then and then. then. It's not as easy as it looks. But the other thing is, and this is something that folks on the right um, grudgingly will admit when they were raising money to get Roe overturned, they were bringing in tons of cash, Yep, many politicians, many groups. All right, Roe's overturned. Now what? It's not the same to say, you need to still give us buckets of money because uh, we, I don't know, we just got used to all your money. (laughs) You know, I mean, it doesn't have the same thing to say so that we can buy off lawmakers to pass laws that won't stand constitutional scrutiny. They've lost the argument. They've lost the advantage. And I don't mean to make light of it because this is the issue, social issue of our time. But it's sort of like the dog that chases cars. And then one day he catches it. Well, now what do you do? You don't have opposable thumbs. You can't drive unless it's a Subaru commercial. All right. They got what they wanted. Now, what are you going to do with it? Well, that's the tricky part.
0: And they're trying to mold this now to the transgender issue. And, you know, once again, well, if someone brings a child against their parents will into a state, okay, the kidnapping clause. Once again, you're Mm -hmm. talking about kidnapping. So that's there's already laws on the books on this. But then they want you to ignore that. And kind of, well, a six year old being dragged into a doctor's office and they're telling them to mutilate their genitals. Well, that just does not happen. You know, as you're kind of trying to portray it, and it's and like I said, they're trying desperately to find a way to keep the culture warriors on their side, and the reality is is that they keep running up against these these rules. That sure, your state can ban it. Knock yourself out. That's what the Supreme Court said you can do. I don't agree with it, but that's that's what you can do. That's but at the same time, you don't have the ability to control other states, and so you can't look at another state and say you have to do it the way we want to. And they're trying to figure out some way that they can do that. But as you brought up, the Commerce Clause doesn't really give them too much wiggle room on that issue.
1: Well, look what happened. And, and I won't have the exact facts right, but it'll be close enough. The Iowa legislature passed one of these bills that became law with regard to transgender students in schools. And I think at the same time, Minnesota passed a very different law. And the governor of Minnesota, I think, made a public statement of you folks in Iowa, come on up here. Oh, that's how it's done. You don't like the laws where, where you're at move. Yes. You know, I mean, in one respect. Right. And they, and by no. the way, they
0: are, too. I'm noticing well, some of those numbers, too.
1: You know, and and I mean, I don't care if we're talking about taxation. I don't care if we're talking about marijuana uh, use. Well, any, yes, yes, any anything. of these issues, yeah. you don't like the laws try to affect change through elections. If that doesn't work, you know. The, the road goes both ways. Yeah. Now, one of the things that, um and that's what you know, in some of these things uh, that are going on in my state, the Democrats are very clearly in the minority based on election results, and nobody's con- complaining about the propriety of election results. And so they they get up, they give the good fight. And my response is, I guess you better win more elections. And I don't mean to be flip, but that's just how the thing works. Now we have this thing called the full faith and credit clause of the constitution. And you and I have talked about it before. And it's, it's in reverse with the example you gave with Idaho, Washington says it's legal. So an act done legally in Washington has to be accepted by other states. And the best example is back when the legality of same gender marriage was not clear. There were just a very couple of states that allowed it. And I can go back, ooh, it's about 20 years. And there was a judge in the state of Iowa who granted a divorce between two married women. But same-gender marriage was not legal in Iowa. And you think, well, how does that work? They got married with a valid license in a state that allowed two women to marry. They then moved to Iowa. The laws of that other state had to be acknowledged and respected by the state of Iowa to where their marriage broke up. And so the way you dissolve a legal marriage is through a dissolution of marriage. So we had gay divorce in Iowa before we had gay marriage because of the full faith and credit clause. So to your excellent argument about Idaho, Mm -hmm. let's turn it on its head. This was legal in Washington. You're now going to prosecute someone in Idaho for doing something legal in Washington? Same as with the marijuana Colorado back to, to Minnesota.
0: Exactly. It, it, it's, I, I know they want to find a way to make this happen, well, but sure. all you're going to do – and I even think a lot of Republicans would look at this and say, why are you wasting our taxpayer dollars on this? We're not going to win this. And I think that it's going to be interesting. It's interesting to see Idaho be the first one to kind of try to start formulating some way because you know Idaho wants to be able to say we're going to prosecute anyone that goes out of state for an abortion. But they can't really do so, and they even know it. So it will be interesting to see where this goes. Let's turn our attention, actually, to Waco uh, and the Trump rally there. Mm -hmm. uh, Were you surprised at the – You know, this is a county – the county where Waco's at was, what, 237,000. You're 90 minutes away from Dallas. Um, This is supposed to be red Republican territory. And he did not have – I mean, they said 10,000 people. You're looking at that picture. There wasn't a lot of people there. Uh, your thoughts i mean not so much about the content of it but the, the turnout i mean aren't shouldn't there be a little bit of concern more for the trump campaign about where are is everyone that if you if you are the front runner where is everyone
1: well by just sheer luck i was filling in hosting a national program on monday oh. and so i was able to take callers who actually attended the event okay and i had seen your tweet saying Jesus, look at all the room. They could have closed off this section and they still, you know, you remember you had yeah. a nice aerial photo, right? Yeah. And, and they seemed to think it was about 10,000. Okay, well, whatever. The response I would give you is twofold. One, and I'm not going to go through the old, well, it was 90 degrees in Texas and it, the people were, <laughs> you know, final four was on. I, I don't care about that. <laughs> I mean, yes, maybe those were factors, but if you're really uh, a devotee, You're standing in line for hours. You're bringing uh, hydration. You don't care. I, if you've gone to see the phenomenon once, do you go a second and third and fourth time? There are some who do.
0: Well, they do, and I think now. But I think your point—you're getting on the right point. Do Um, you go the tenth time? (laughs) Exactly.
1: Exactly. And again, I—you know—I don't go out in public. It's—it's not advised. But you know, I don't know when you go to a movie. Do you go see the same movie in the theater however many times? I mean, TV's different because, well, it's right there and I don't have to get up. I can see going to see the phenomenon once. All right, you want to go twice, go twice. At some point, it's like, you know, I think I already know what this is going to be. Now, does that automatically mean the support is soft? Not necessarily. It just may mean, you know, I've seen this movie. I know how it ends. But you better darn well be watching because if this is repeated elsewhere and to your broad point, why was the first big outdoor rally of the season in Waco, Texas? Because they thought it would look good Yeah. because they thought it would be a good crowd. Uh, I don't think, you know, the initial phenomenon was the initial phenomenon and I don't know that you can repeat it, but here's something uh, briefly that, that I found interesting. And again, I'm hosting this other program. Uh, the host is decidedly right of center, and callers are calling in, and they have the same uh, political temperament. A number of them who were sour on Trump because of statements, et cetera, it's not that they're jumping ship. It's not that they would vote for a Democrat. But they would really prefer to have another choice this time out. And I thought that was really striking. I saw an analyst, and, and I stole it because I can't remember who said it originally, but this was my commentary today here. The Trump, and again, this is somebody else who came up with this, and I just stole it. The Trump of 2016 talked about Americans. The Trump of 2024 talks about Trump.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That is a decided difference. And you can bring a lot of independence along if you're talking about America, you know, about rank and file Americans like them. If you're talking about perceived slights and insults and stolen elections and all of this, that's much more about you as opposed to the voter, and that's an opening for someone in either part.
0: If Trump endorsed DeSantis, I think that things would look a lot more rosier for the Republicans. I just don't think that there's ever a chance. He ever will. And I just, I, I think that I think that he's, he yeah, I just don't think he will. Like, I can tell you what, let's take a break. We'll come on sure. back. We'll, we'll, let's, t- let's talk the reaction to Nashville and the latest shooting at a school. Jeff Stein joining us, 952-946-6205. 952-946-6205. It's the Matt McNeil Show right here on AM 950. AM nine fifty, the progressive voice of Minnesota. It's the Matt McNeil show. Jeff Stein joining us for his usual weekly visit. Jeff,
1: what is on your shirt?
0: Oh, this is Maybe. Dury. This is the band Dury out of Burnsville. And by the way, great story. They they he, he the guy uh, Adam Dury was in a band. Pandemic hit, so he and his sister started making music in his home just to keep up with it. They mm-hmm. end up becoming TikTok stars. They're now touring and selling out shows across the country. They're mm. fantastic. They're very good. I really highly highly recommend Dury. And yeah, so yeah, well, I'm a fan.
1: Well, the audience just needs to know because you're doing the uh the stream on the Facebook or I don't know whatever you do it on.
0: And the interwebs, uh, maybe, yes.
1: Maybe you're projecting it onto a billboard on I-94. I have no idea what you're doing. But on the commercial break, Matt, it's up. This is now his new thing. And walks to the camera. So it's like <laughs> All McNeil. And he's, you know, pointing to his body and showing T-shirts and things. And, and I have no idea what it means. So I had to ask. And if you want in on the fun, I guess you should follow this stream on the Facebook.
0: J- just watch. It's always good times. It's a, it's <laughs> always a disturbing image with the Matt McNeil show. I'm scared uh, <laughs> to death. I'm fully scared to death. Uh, I have been somewhat shocked at mm-hmm. the Republican response. Not all Republicans, mm-hmm. but definitely a lot of them who are after the latest school shooting in Nashville, six dead, seven with the shooter, and mm-hmm. the mentality is, nope, we're not going to fix it. This is they could they could ban assault weapons tomorrow. That's already been legally determined to be okay. the Supreme Court re- you know said you can do this. They it's it's your kids and, and for lack of a better way to say it, it's them basically saying your kids, Sacrificing your kids is the price we have to pay for our interpretation of how the Second Amendment should go. And I don't think, not only am am I stunned by this, I don't think it's the political winner these guys think it is.
1: You and I have talked over and over about what a complicated issue this is. You can take no one action, whether it is the banning of guns, whether it is mental health uh, treatment and care. You need all of these things. The problem is bigger than one component. There is a large cadre of people in the Republican Party who feel if they give an inch on weapons, guns, then somebody else is going to take a mile. They don't want to seem like they are weak on the issue. And until people sit down and stop worrying about whether it will lose them five votes to take a nuanced view that would save lives, well, then we're not going to get anywhere. I mean, we're not going to get anywhere until there's a level of people who say, let's come up with a broad solution. And no one piece will fix it. But Let's try to attack it from a variety of standpoints. But again, the number one goal of a politician is to get elected. The number two goal is to get reelected. Mm-hmm. And that's the cowardice we have in American politics. We do not have statesmen and stateswomen. We have people who are reading public opinion polls and not necessarily doing the right thing.
0: Outstanding statement. The 120th gun, uh, you know, a mass shooting in this country since the beginning of the year, which we're at day, yesterday was day 86, 89th mm-hmm. incident with a gun in a school, so far this year, 89th, once again, 86th day, we're having them on such a level. I, I'm underst- I'm of the m- mindset that eventually what's going to happen here is just so many people are going to be affected by gun violence. I mean, everyone in that school is affected by it now. Every kid is going to be traumatized forever. I think eventually it's going to get to a point where much like you know, prohibition, you're going to get people who are saying, you elect me. I'm going to rewrite the Second Amendment. We'll fix the Constitution. We'll fix that. I know that the gun people do not want that to happen, but I just don't know where else you think you're going to go unless you can, as you say, come up with some more moderate you know, responses outside of we're not going to do anything.
1: The problem I have, and, and I'm cynical, I'm sorry, I'm old, that's the way it is, but my fear is that it's happening so frequently we're becoming desensitized to yeah. it. Yeah, yeah. And we're accepting it as a part of polite society. Oh, you know, that's going to happen. Mm, boy really then we've given up and i don't think we want to do that in any aspect much uh, at, the, at the least of it a school
0: especially when we're talking about the lives of young children nine year olds yeah, nine year olds yeah. for goodness sake yeah. uh jeff stein once again his books over at next chapter books totally the iowa politics report i'll post a little bit later on we will talk to you in two weeks jeff thank you very much hour two is up next